Hey guys, and welcome back to The Natty Scene with your hosts, AJ Morris and Vicky Masita. We're back for another update. Um, yeah, front double bicep. That's what front I greeted bicep. Vicky with this morning. <laughs> um, we're back for another update, and this week we are not too sure what we're going to talk about, but we'll see where it takes us, as Hello. usual. I uh, hope you're all good, and thank you again for obviously all the shares and the likes on the last one. I think it was quite a popular one amongst most. Um, and yeah, hope your training week is going well. So, Vicky, how are you this week? How has things been? Any new revelations? And what's going on in the uh, Masita camp? Oh, always new revelations. There has to be always new revelations, don't there? Because otherwise it'd be a pretty boring week. Mm. And we all know that we are strong and epic yep. Yep. and everything else. <laughs> um, what um, what has gone on this week? So, basically... Um, to be fair, it has been a little bit of a boring week, but training is going well. I am still smiling. My shoulder is mm. still, it's rehabbing. So okay. I've actually dedicated an entire day to a rehab session for my shoulder, um, which is boring as fuck and less sure. interesting than a deload. However, uh -huh. if you want to get your shoulder better or any, if you want to get any kind of niggle better, then you're going to have to it's look at the exactly it is very beneficial um i've had a couple of new podcasts this week on don't fear the weight which are going to come out later on today um which have been very interesting and opened my eyes a little bit more to things like mobility and flexibility and um pre-exercising before you actually go into your session but not overdoing it in case you're fatiguing the muscle <clears throat> it's all that fine balance type of thing so it's very very good uh -huh. um Great. And then work has just gone insane. So I've got a lot of people obviously coming up to competitions in the next four or five weeks. Um, and so my phone's been going like nonstop from people feeling feeling the competition prep, as they, as they would say, um, which is about right. And then, of course, you've got the odd one or two non-adherent clients, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. which again drive you nuts. Yeah. Because they say, I swear that I'm doing it. I swear that I'm doing it. And you're like, no, 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 it's called non-compliance. Do you and give not... them a lot of sympathy when it comes to dealing with, you know, the, the harshness of the contest prep? How, how do you sort of, do you baby some of them? Do you give them, do you give some of them a kick up the arse? And, and how do you know whether, you know, how you can treat someone? Um, well, that comes down to our relationship. Yeah, sure. Because I like training, because I like training, um, because I like coaching my clients for at least three or four months in the off-season before we start a contest prep, I know exactly who they are. I know who their family is. I know what their daily day-to-day uh, -day chores and lifestyle are. And I know how they speak to me as well. Mm. It's like one of my clients I call babe. Another one I call shitface, you know, nice. and it's it's – it's just that kind of relationship that you can have. You can have a giggle with them. You can say, listen, man the fuck up. What are you doing? Uh -huh. Or you can go, listen, I'm empathetic. I'm never sympathetic because that is completely different. Empathy, I'm empathy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I am empathetic because I know what they are going through and I know that you can hit dark days. Sure. So I'm definitely like, okay, yeah, I feel you. I do get it. Um, and I can empathize. However... This is your decision. So if you are dragging your heels, you need to get up, have a little word with yourself in the mirror and say, do I really want to do this? If the answer is yes, because you've already spent 300 pound on a bikini, 70 pound on a pair of shoes, your makeup, your tan and everything else is done. Um, and we've already booked the hotel to go down. Then I would suggest that you get up off the sofa and go and do a session. I used to find laughing helped me when I felt like yeah. absolute dog shit. I was just, I just laughed. 
you know that time when I was talking to you about the um, the, the the glucose disposal agents I was taking and feeling and going hypo every five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> what? I, I had a day. I had a day where, and this was after prep. I had a day where I legit went hypo so many times and I felt oh, so bad. Mate, so you were bad. still in prep. <laughs> I, the, yeah, it wasn't even prep. Prep was done. The room yeah. was spinning, and I was like, oh my. God, I feel horrendous. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just laughing at myself. I was like, this is quite fun, actually. Like, I, I feel like awful, way more, way off, way, way worse than I felt ever in prep. Um, so, yeah, I do find that just being comical about the whole process is quite, is quite, is quite rewarding because you just, you just gain a weird amount of confidence through it because you, you realise how much of a mental battle it is. You just Definitely. start to think, mm, okay, well, like, if I, if I make it, if I make it so I look at this as like a, a, a sadistically funny thing, I'll be fine. You know, exactly. there's no no natural bodybuilders die from going into a deficit and being super lean. You don't mm. die. No, <laughs> don't no, die. exactly. You just you just like you just you just your sleep sucks a little bit and you're a bit hungry. Cool. Like just deal with it. Fucking crack on. That's it. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is, is that like like for me, I've when I was hungry during prep. That was not hunger. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because of the because I've actually had a lot of messages this week about um, my eating disorder and about how I got over it, how I deal with it, especially when in a quote unquote bulking phase. Sure. Um, and how I deal with the way that I look and various other bits. But um, we'll get onto that another day. But that um, prep hunger to me is not hunger. Mm. You know, because I was hungry for like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you said this. Yeah, I said this last week, didn't we? We discussed exactly. about how hunger just is very, very much static with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's only what you perceive it to be as well. You know, oh. it's not. Hunger can be a bad thing, but hunger can be a good thing. Hunger can be enjoyable. Hunger can be absolutely fucking detrimental to your mind and your mood and everything else. But it's how you mentally deal with it. So I deal with each and every individual client as an individual client, and that's exactly what I do with every one of them and treat them in a different way so I'll either take the piss out of them which they respond to um like one of my clients came and trained with me actually the other day um and he was failing on the hack squat and I said oh did you leave your handbag at home Uh, (laughs) that motivated the shit out of him to get another three reps and it's like so you didn't fucking fail because if you failed there's no way you would have got another three reps superb Uh yeah so but yeah that's it so how's your week gone yeah great thank you yeah, another week in the books of good training. I, th- mm, I'm gonna hesitantly say that I'm probably deloading next week because oh. if I if I, if I, I I'm at this point where I, I think I said last week things are starting to hurt a little bit. So um, my 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 forearms are really hurting from low bar squatting. My upper back is really sore from low bar squatting. My elbows are starting to hurt and. Uh, yeah, all these things are creeping in, so I I I know I can feel my body when I when I know to, need to back off, um, and maybe this is something we can talk about sort of today in terms of the signs that you'll feel, but the, but the signs that that come into fatigue management are very individualized, sure. so one person to the next you won't find the same sort of biofeedback that you get when someone's re- reaching that point of overreaching. Some people will get sick, some yeah. people will get their sleep affected. Some people will have their appetite diminished. My appetite stays, if anything, when I'm overreached, my appetite's higher. 
Really interesting. Mm. When I when I dissipate fatigue, my appetite becomes lower. I yeah. You know, when I'm deloading, I'm not hungry at all. My training stimulus creates my hunger, in my opinion. Um, all right. So my sort of signs are that you know injuries are starting to creep in or just niggles in general my biggest sign within the gym is like i i i don't feel as motivated to to do the things i want to be doing so even when i progressively overload a lift i don't get as excited as i would normally so like i don't run out of the squat rack and be like fuck yes and like chuck my belt on the floor and get all hyped i didn't do that the other day when i hit a squat piano i was like uh hmm like, am I feeling good here? Like, what's going on? Um, but there's loads of other extraneous variables that could be affecting how I feel at the moment. Because yesterday, it was, and this is what, something I talked about ages ago, the weather affects my mood massively. Yeah. Yesterday, it was really sunny, and I met up with a client. We trained together. We trained push. I was off my nut buzzing, and that was an awesome session. And I got a great pump, felt good, looked good after, slept really well last night. And I genuinely think, not only because I had a good time with my client, but I genuinely think that was weather dependent. It was sunny. I just love that weather. It's fucking great as shit today. So I'm oh, really? I'm jealous. I'm obviously Quite going to be depressed today. Yeah, um, that's it. But yeah, like, honestly, I think the, the fluctuations in fatigue is just sort of calling me to, to definitely be aware of whether I need to deload or not. I'll see how the next few sessions go. And then go from there if I need to if I need to back off. Even if it's just for a few days, even if it's taking a couple of extra rest days, um, and instead of deloading, just taking a couple of days off. Because to be quite frank, as much as the literature suggests that deloads and going in for light sessions are, is potentially more favourable than taking time off, I don't like going in and lifting half the weight or lifting a proportion of the weight that I usually lift. If anything, I sometimes feel that those workouts are harder on me yeah. than, than, than just doing nothing. So I may well just take, it's what I did last time when I came back from the States and I was absolutely fried. I just took <laughs> three days off in a row and then I did an upper body workout, a lower body workout. Um, and that was, that was great. That was perfect for me. So I made, I made just to take a couple of rest days, maybe Monday and Tuesday off and then yeah. just crack on. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Good. But other than that, uh, like physique wise, happy with where I am. Uh, someone asked me on one of my um, on my post yesterday the um, the side chest the Thorburn the Thorburn side chest. Someone asked them um, whether I'd be gaining all the way to twenty twenty, and this is potentially right. another thing we could talk about. Um, the answer the answer is a, a, a certain no, <laughs> because if I was to legit stay in a calorie surplus all the way until twenty twenty. I, I, well, I wouldn't look you'd be fat <laughs> I wouldn't look too good um if I was in literally every single day a surplus like no days off no 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 deficit days hashtag I'd, no um, deficit yeah, I'd certainly be large <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd be very heavy um and very fat so yeah. my uh, my goal sort of currently is to just sort of see where I can get to like an upper range of body comp like and that's within holding certain weights so for me and that's what i do with my clients as well so i like i'll taper their body weight up and we'll get obviously feedback in terms of how they feel how they yeah. how they feel their perception of how they look combined with photos and then if we feel we can add another little bit of weight then we'll go for it if we feel we're getting a little bit sloppy, but we're not that far above their lean weight, if they've been lean before, 
then what we'll do, or what I'll do, is hold that body weight for a little bit. And a person that I told Vicky to follow, and I'm sure that she has, um, last week was Stan Efferding. And he talks a lot about this, which he learned ages ago and in the past when he was a body, he was bodybuilding because he was coached by Flex Wheeler. And Flex Wheeler taught him about the, 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 the importance of not just gaining body weight, but owning a body weight. So instead yeah. of just like completely just physically going upwards every single week, he'd hold a body weight for a certain bit of time. And sometimes he said in a podcast, obviously he's heavier than us, but sometimes he, he'd hold body weights for up to six months just to harden mm. that weight and then proceed to either gain or, or lose fat. Um, so uh, yeah, the, at the moment, my, my body weight's sort of been around about the 170s really, the very low 170s to high 160s. And it's sort of just been static around about that point for the last sort of three to four weeks with some higher weigh-ins, some lower weight, had a high weigh-in this morning, had a low weigh-in yesterday. It just totally depends on basic, my only variable, and I'm pretty sure that you're the same Vic, my only variable that influence weigh-ins is the time at which I finish my food. Because my, yeah. my food, my water and my sodium pretty damn similar every day. So sure. if last night I got home later because I was with a client, with my client, and um, I just fin- I think I finished eating at like sort of ten when I'd usually finish at nine, um, mm. or and and that was you know carbs as well coming into the latter meals. So yeah. it really just depends as to when I finish my meals as to what I weigh. But yeah, in terms of like pushing pushing my body weight up, there will be mini cuts. Um, the way in which I do a mini cut, I think, considering what, how I feel at that point in time, if I still feel the same that I do now. I'd probably just go as aggressive as I can and just do it, just get it done, and then just get. So back. would you do yours for like an aggressive cut for like six weeks then? Oh, not six, probably less than that. Probably, less probably than that. four, probably four. And what I'm talking about is I'm talking about legit going down to something like two thousand calories and doing a, yeah, and yeah. doing a decent amount of expenditure. Um, yeah. So that I agree. Be... I think that's the better way to do a mini yeah. cut. A lot of people are doing like these slow cuts and they're saying, oh, I'm in a mini cut and they do it for like 12 or 14 weeks. I'm like, mate, that's time. not a mini cut. That's a cut. Mm. That is like a complete and utter cut. And it's a waste of time because a lot of people, right, when they start with me on their contest prep and we've got them in their off season and we start their, their official contest prep timeline, yeah. I cut them quite sufficiently and it's quite aggressive at the beginning. At the front, and yeah, perfect. Kind of yeah, but they always say to me, well, why am I doing that? I'm scared because of this, that, and the other. And I've listened to this, and I've listened to that. And I said, right, okay, let's have Get a look at this. Get the easy bit done. Exactly. At this point, you are at your fattest. So yeah. if we cut all of your calories, well, not all of them, obviously. I'm not going to put them into hashtag starvation. One calorie a day. <laughs> One calorie a day. Um, if we cut a big bulk of your calories, your body's going to want to burn some fuel. What is it going to actually lose at this point? And they're like, oh, body fat. Right. What are you at not risk of losing at this point? Muscle tissue. Muscle tissue. Exactly. If we do it the other way around, and then all of a sudden, six weeks out, we think, shit, you're not coming in, and then put you into an aggressive deficit, guess what? Everyone you're does it the other way around, risk. though. They're exactly. like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> shit. <Exactly. laughs> I've got so much to lose, and I've got like four weeks left. If anything, yeah. if I look back at my prep last time, I'd have gone way more aggressive at the start. Way more yeah. aggressive. Or yeah. what I'd have done is physical. So I'd I'd have done a really harsh mini cut, but mm. but way before, like quite a decent amount of time before I want to start the prep. 
This so is how I do it as optimal. Mini cut, hold that mini cut dieted weight, hold it, and then start your contest prep on decently high maintenance calories, and then start it from that weight. So a decent weight, so you're pretty already decently lean. Start it from there and then diet down. And that's what I've noticed uh, anecdotally following Cliff Wilson, that is what he does, like mm. 100%. He, he actually gets his clients, if they're off season, he'll get them to basically, before they start prep with him, he'll get them to diet down to a specific weight before yeah. he'll even start them on his coaching. So he'll say, thanks for the pictures, diet down to this, and then we'll start. Yeah. And I saw someone like one of the pros that he's working with this year, and he already looked lean for an off season because so mus- his muscularity is so high. And and he was like, oh, I've got to drop 15 pounds before I worked with Cliff. And I was like, fucking hell. You know, you're going to be rancid peeled by the time that you've worked with him. Um, but, that, but that's you know what you know all of his clients come in diced because they get they give it just a they really do this sort of decently physical approach so they're they're ready to start a prep um another guy I that topic about the physical approach is actually because i was listening to another podcast the other day regarding um phases on how to set up your your training phases and, and all the rest of it so uh, maybe sure. we can continue on with this with this kind of topic yeah sure um but yeah, I like the idea of doing a prep before a prep, um, and yeah. that's what I like doing with, I don't do it with all of my clients, because again, it just depends on how soon they come to me for contest prep. I yeah. am getting to the point now, though, where I'm getting to people who are coming to me for contest prep saying, I'm eight weeks out, mm. and it's like, well, I'm not going to prep you then, I'm sorry. You know, if mm. you can find somebody to prep you in eight weeks, and know nothing about your body, and you're going to be comfortable getting on stage, then we ain't going to do that. Sure. Um, and I've done that on a few occasions. Um, and what are my panda rants? Oh, do you know what? We've got to actually talk about this as well, right? We've got loads of subjects to talk about, as if we do this. <laughs> One of my panda rants, I went to do it the other day, but I was so cross about it, um, I decided not to do it because I thought I was just going to shout at the at the phone a little okay. bit more. Okay. A, a client came to me for posing practice. I'm not prepping him, right? He just wanted posing. So I've come to him, we've worked together and all the rest of it. He took off his shirt and I said, how many weeks out are you? And he went, seven. I was like, wow. I mean, the dude needs about... Was this the guy you talked about the other week? Came to your house and posed and was way No, no, no. We went to the gym. Oh, okay. We were at the gym for it. £22, £24 he needs to get off in seven weeks. Was he fatter than me? Oh, yeah. Totally. (laughs) Hashtag all of the face puff. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. Because sometimes the people that have been dieting but look way off... They have a dieted face. Their, their face looks lean because I, I, I genuinely think this is this is what causes the face, the, the, the larger face. It's just whatever, whatever, like even if you're still pretty lean, if you're in a surplus and you're eating an abundance of carbohydrates, your face is going to get somewhat bigger. I just think yeah. that that's, it's not, it's not even that much fat. It's just, it's just puff. Yeah, it's, it is. It's just but puff. some people don't get it. I don't. I don't. I. I fuck you. Because <laughs> I. I. I get it, and I look legit fat. Like there's people coming. I come up to me in the gym and be like, AJ, like you're off season now, right? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But but you're you get like under that squat bar, then, mate. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Anyway, I what was this guy? Face. 
I like your puff face. Um, but yeah, talking about like cyclical and, and periodization and all the rest of it, right? You tell me, right? Because I might be missing a trick, right? Sure. High days, low days, medium days. Yeah. 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 Hang on. I've done it. High days. I've done high it. High days. Three and a half thousand calories, like 201 grams of protein. Medium days, 180 grams of protein. Okay. Less carbs. Okay. And a tiny bit of fat. Okay. Rest days, 150 grams of protein. No carbs. Why is protein changing? That doesn't make sense. Exactly, right? And I, I was looking at this and I'm like... How much does he what? weigh? Like 80 kilos. Okay. Probably less than that, actually. Probably less than that. Okay, right. so it's not it's not that far off a gram per pound, but to be fair, when, you, when you're when you on a rest day and you're doing minimal carbohydrates, you probably want the protein actually higher to provide some sort of satiety. Well, oh no, well, you think about this, right? That amount of protein, no carbs whatsoever, yeah. like zero carbs, incidentals, yeah. Yeah. 117, hi dad, uh, 117 grams of fat. Oh, wow, that's a lot of fat there. That's a lot of fat. Oh, oh could you imagine? Them. What does the guy do? Just eat a tub of coconut oil every day? Yeah, probably, most likely. Oh, God, not good. Horrendous, horrendous. And then he's got this diet template that he's showing me. Now, I don't like calling out other coaches. I really don't, and hence the reason why I'm not obviously going to say anything yeah, about it. No, but course. he has their own strategy and blah, blah, and all the rest of it. And if it works for you, great. But he's given him a diet template. One of yeah. his meals is turkey breasts, a medium avocado, not even a weight of avocado, right. a medium avocado a with some veg. Mm. Right, and he's broken down the macros to thirty grams of protein, four grams of fat. Right, that have to be and a very like, medium no avocado. That I know, yeah. I was like, that. What's that? Did he lick the avocado, <laughs> or, or what? Did he just grate the skin onto his onto his? Dirt, it's his half breast? a medium of a half. It's it's a medium half of an avocado. <laughs> exactly. So I suppose if we're going to talk about, if you're going to do a meal plan for your clients, make sure that you know what fucking macros are in your meal plans. Weight, weight of everything. And weight of everything, and weigh it raw, weigh it raw. Why would you weigh meat cooked? Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. No, no, so that's a bit of a rant. But yeah, periodization. So in terms of, um, what's what's your opinion then on cyclical dieting? So either cycling calories or cycling carbs or whatever like that. What's your opinion? Um, on? Well, you can look at sort of cyclical dieting in terms of sort of two 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 concepts. You could look at it from a daily perspective, or looking at it from the the course of the diet. So you'd have you know phases of diet breaking and maintenance calories to, to essentially drop diet fatigue. Um, I think. For, for for the most part, you know, if you had the time to do diet breaks and to really set it up in that in that way, then that would be great. Um, yep. The realism of actually having enough time to be able to do that sometimes is is pretty low. Um, yeah. Unless you unless you really get someone started early and and really really going for it. So that's my opinion in terms of diet breaks. Yes, certainly if you can do them and fit them in, be wonderful, and they do provide a certain benefit in terms of taking away some dietary fatigue and getting you some more calories, getting a good training effect, uh, retaining more muscle, all of that jazz. Um, in terms of the, the the sort of the cyclical dieting over the course of days, I do like that from the perspective of 
higher energy output days or higher demanding training days. So most, if not the majority of some of my clients are on decent food. So we have some good pliability with numbers. We'll do a higher day on a leg day and then sort of more more moderate static calories across the rest of their days, including rest days. Um, And that just almost acts as like a, a refeed anyway. So with i've i've had more exp- or more beneficial experience of multi-day refeeds with female clients yeah um, potentially from just it's not it's not when it is it is actually physiological and it's not to do with really in my opinion leptin and ghrelin because studies show that even multi-day refeeds don't really mess about with those hormones that much sure. but it's more from the perspective of females tend to be with most quite stressy dieters and stressy, stressy dieters mean that the more stress that you put upon someone, the worse that the response gets. So the more stress we have throughout a diet, the higher cortisol gets, the more water retention we see, and therefore higher scale weigh-ins, more stress, thus blunting, blunting what we can deem as fat loss because we're using the scale as some of our measure, all right? So sure. at the end of a week, they have a hard training week, two days multiple day refeeds so either be two to three days of high days what i tend to see is that after one high day they they maybe go up a pound or maybe go up a little bit through glycogen weight second high day drop that off and then on the third day if they go back into a deficit or back below their high day numbers they'll actually drop weight and hit a new low because the cortisol reduction and the stress reduction from the high days and just generally, like like psychologically, they look forward to it. So they're happy to have the high day. A lot of male dieters prefer to have a high day, in my opinion, from what I've seen, prefer to have a high day on a day where they're putting a lot of energy into their training. It's similar with females, but males prefer, in my perspective, to have it on like a leg day so they feel like they're utilizing the calories. And then if I convince some of my females to have it on some rest days, then I will. So usually you want two at their high days will fall, one on a training day, one on a rest day. But the two consecutive, so two days in a row. That's that's the important thing, I think, in my opinion, is to do them two in a row. Um, mm. So they really get that benefit of taking some stress away. Uh, but yeah, that's that's sort of my opinion on how I'd set up the week. What would uh, What's your, your sort of experience been of you? Have you done any sort of things like that in terms of high versus low days or are you mostly static calories or? Um, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of linear calories. Yeah, I really, yeah. really am. Um, for this, unless it's more of a lifestyle client. So I've got a client in the gym at the moment. Most of my one-on-one PT clients are lifestyle clients. Mm. Um, and she, she struggles to eat is what I'm going to say. Now, she struggles to eat in the week, mm-hmm. goes out on a Friday night, yeah, and then has hangover food Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. which is obviously what sets her out of a deficit, hence the reason why she doesn't change. Just letting the dog kind. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Dougie, has he left you outside in the yeah. sun? Come Bless on. him. Get it's him. all good. All right, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so she, she goes out on a Friday night, has a load of alcohol, and then Saturday, Sunday, it's hangover food, and she basically has this fuck it weekend, yeah? Yeah. But then through the week, she's scared of carbs. 
So she's one of the clients that I call carb phobic Monday to Friday, mm. carb fuck it Saturday Sunday. Because oh, Saturday dear. Sunday she'll get up, she'll have a fry up with bread and blah 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 and all the rest of it, and then she'll have pizza and then she'll have this and then she'll have that, and then all of a sudden, even though she's only been eating maybe eight hundred a thousand calories Monday to Friday, which isn't obviously optimal anyway. Yeah. Uh, Saturday Sunday she's then eating like six thousand eight thousand. <laughs> So it's it's one of those, right? So the only time that I would actually set up a a week if they're not willing to give up alcohol, I mean it's one of them, isn't it? Mm. But if they're not willing to give up alcohol, then I would basically put them into a static deficit throughout the week, quite an aggressive deficit throughout the week, and then give them more food on a weekend. Okay. So basically say, right, so you can have all of this food, keeping your your carbs low throughout the week apart from around your training window where we're going to put your carbs in so they'd have like 100 grams worth of carbs or something like that pre and post workout combined yeah so they'd have like you know 50 pre and then 50 post um and then on the weekend we would whack them up to like 1800 calories but then the majority of it would be from carbs mm. and they keep their protein static throughout the week but that way it's like it's like she was saying to me, I need something that's a hangover food. So I said, okay, then what we're going to do is your husband has a bacon butty and, and that kind of thing in bed on a Saturday morning to solve his hangover. Okay, so what we're going to do for you is we're going to replace yours. You're going to have two sweet potato wraps, two eggs, two hex chicken sausages, and two turkey bacon rashes with brown sauce. And she's like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I said, yeah, and it's healthier, basically, because you need to be a bit healthier. Yeah. Um, and it's still hangover food. Perfect. So again, we've just kind of manipulated the psychology aspect of things because she's still having hangover food. She's still within a calorie deficit because obviously I've just taken 4,000 calories off her a day, Saturday and Sunday. And that's the reason why she starts losing weight. But that's the only way that I'd use calories. For my contest prep clients or my, my actual physique clients as such, I'm a big fan of linear calories. I really, really am. Sure. Um, the macro setup all depends on how they respond over the first kind of initial eight weeks of us training because I will trial them on either a higher carb approach or a higher fat approach and then see look at their biofeedback and see which approach works better for them. Yeah. Uh, the majority of my clients are higher carb. Yeah. They function better on higher carb. I'm a bigger fan of higher carb. As you well know, I'm nearly on 400, 400 grams of carbs a day now, so yeah. that's really nice. And I like carbs. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they're yummy and they're fab. Um, but yeah, linear calories. The only thing that I did with myself, um, which is when we did higher fats on rest days, mm. really wasn't a fan of that. Hated it. Yeah, Hated yeah. it. So glad that I only actually had one rest day a week at that point. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm taking two rest days. Well, realistically, it's three rest days, but that third day is my rehab day. So I'm still, I still go into the gym to do my rehab. Um, so it's two rest days a week that I'm doing. Um, but if I had to kind of do lower carb and higher fat on those rest days, I, I just don't like it. I don't yeah. respond well to, to high fat. I just tend to pile on fat if my fat goes above a certain level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you could argue that the sort of the pathway for fat is is pretty much to deposit and to be stored. So I think most will be in the same camp as that if you're if you're in a surplus and you're excessively overeating on fat you're going to most likely gain more body fat than someone that's overeating on protein or or carbohydrates fat Absolutely. fat fat will just 
essentially be, be turned to, or stored as fat the easiest out of those three macronutrients. Um, yeah. That's not to say that fat is bad because you need some level of dietary fat for just general functioning. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you that, that a lower fat, lower fat approach is 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 pretty favourable. But you know, I you know, I I don't do the the high fat rest days anymore. I I have done them because there is some benefits to be seen in terms of your sensitivity to carbohydrates um, yeah. and your metabolic flexibility in terms of yeah your ability to uptake the carbohydrates you're eating on training days due sure. to some some slight benefits that you can see like if you were to take pro- probably within um if you were to take fasted blood glucose after a day of very low carbohydrates higher fat um you'd most likely see a lower reading thus benefit it like your, your increased insulin sensitivity comparative to just eating an abundance of carbohydrates and not training with any sort of glycolytic glycolytic response so yeah, sure. you're not you're not going to utilize as much of those carbohydrates as you would obviously when you're training um but you the reason why i don't do that with many clients now is because most of my clients train six or five days a week so mm. the, the the requirement for carbohydrates on rest days is still there from a recovery perspective. Yeah, um, So absolutely. most tend to recover better when we do keep carbohydrates pretty similar, if not the exact same on rest yeah. days. Um, and In most people are generally the... insulin sensitive anyway, because I don't let people get too fat and body no, fat. No, exactly. Body fat's the main driver for insulin sensitivity. Definitely. And in terms of actually being able to process the carbohydrates by utilizing the fats and things like that, would you think it would be more beneficial to actually do that two days in a row? So you know how you were saying like multiple day refeeds, Mm. because obviously science has shown that one day isn't going to be making a big difference. Mm. I suppose the same could be said for having that higher fat day in terms of utilizing the, the, the glycogen properly or benefiting from an insulin response kind of view, because realistically one day, as in on its own, may not work that well. Whereas if you have two or three rest days in a row, depending on lifestyle or whatever, then it might be a little bit more beneficial. What do you think? Yeah, if, you, if you're looking more down the lines of changing energy sources sure. and actually utilizing fat as fuel and producing ketones, it would probably take a two to three day period of time, I imagine. Um, yeah. If not more. I'm not... Mm-hmm quite honestly will say I'm not, I'm not in a position to tell people exactly how long it would take to start producing ketones and using fat as fuel but I believe that it would be a decent amount of time um, yeah to, not to... even from that point of view though but from the point of view of like um sensitizing your insulin response I think so... I think I think you 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 could you could see a beneficial increase of course one day oh could you yeah, okay yeah yeah oh. yeah if you if you if you were to literally take the biofeedback and, and take the reading I I I reckon you would see. Well, I've done it. I've I've done it. Yeah. Um. My usual, after a day of, sort of, you know, my new usual carbohydrate intake, will be, around about four point two fasted, and after a day of, if I did zero, I or like so no no well minimal just vegetables, it, it would be below four. It would be oh yeah, easy. Four. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, but you've got to remember that the the carbs are not the only the only macronutrient that spike insulin 
Definitely not. Protein and that's a big insulin. myth that we should really dispel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah protein yeah. spikes it like fuck. It really does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. H- hence why in, in your update um, to the, when I sent you your feedback, I was saying about situating more protein post-workout when I gave sure. you that protein boost because insulin is a very anabolic hormone. If, if we can potentially take benefit of the insulin spike as opposed to adding an extra meal to your day and another opportunity to spike insulin, we'll just you know situate it in the post-workout window and potentially see a greater spike. Um, yeah. But again, there's a threshold, just like MPS, there's a threshold to, sure. to how high we can, we can spike things to a beneficial degree. Indeed, yeah. yeah anyway, that was pretty good. Mm. Looking on, at the old Fitbit. We're on about 38.59, so I think we'll we'll call it quits there. Yeah, if you're doing any more cardio than 40 minutes in an off-season, then, you know... Or in, off, or in, a, or in a fat loss phase, get the fuck off the treadmill. <laughs> exactly. Stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Right, but, cool. Yeah. Um, as usual, guys... Take an image of... Yeah, we looking... forgot to do that last week. <gasps> Did we? Fuck. Pro- yeah, proper good. I put it on my story. I was like, that AJ, we forgot to do the screen grab. What the actual? But anyway. So yeah, take an image, guys. All right, Strong three, image. Two, one. Three, two, one. Okay, cool. Awesome. Strong. Strong. <laughs> and uh, as usual, any questions, just ask or any topics you want us to cover. Let us know. Screenshot, screen grab, share on your IG story, tag us in about 84 photos and we'll love it all. Alright guys, we'll see you next week. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool.